are listening to Afrobeat Radio. I am Wuyi Jacobs. And my guests today are GirlTrek founders Morgan Dixon, who is CEO of GirlTrek, and Vanessa Garrison, who is the COO of GirlTrek. GirlTrek is the largest public health nonprofit for African American women and girls in the U.S. Founded by two friends, women led and with an awesome mission to inspire one million African-American women and girls to develop the daily habit of walking by 2020. As part of our ongoing series of workshops and broadcasts on critical joy, Morgan Dixon and Vanessa Garrison join us to discuss their mission, passion, and their unique response to the health challenges of African-American women in the 21st century. We began our conversation with, please tell us about yourselves, your biography, who you are, and what you do. Sure. I'll start. My name is Morgan Dixon, and I have on the phone one of my dearest friends, Vanessa Garrison, and we are friends who met in college many years ago and are now the co-founders of the largest health organization for African-American women, um, and it's called Girl Trek. It's a really inspiring health movement that challenges and inspires um, hundreds of thousands of black women to take to the streets of their neighborhoods to walk for better health. And as we walk for better health, we do all sorts of amazing things, including inspiring our daughters to live healthier, reclaiming the streets of our neighborhoods, and looking for ways that we can give back um, that are really meaningful together. It's pretty exciting, and we've set a goal to rally and support one million black women to walk in their neighborhoods by 2020. And is this what you do full-time, or do you have mm-hmm. uh, another career? We have a staff of uh, 10 full-time professionals who work on rallying one million black women to walk to save their lives. And Vanessa, your turn. Let's hear about who you are. My name is Vanessa Garrison. I live in Washington, D.C. I am the co-founder of Girl Trek, um, which as Morgan, my co-founder and partner said, is the largest health movement for black women and girls in the country. Girl Trek launched nationally in 2012, and we both work um, side by side with black women, an amazing team of black women to bring healing and joy um, to black communities and families all across the country. And how did the Girl Trek story begin? Well, we were both working in our separate careers. I was working as a school teacher and Vanessa was working as a professional in media, uh, working for Turner Broadcasting. And we were good friends and kept kind of returning to a very similar conversation around um, kind of the future of our communities, the future of our families, and most intimately, like our own individual futures around um, living our healthiest, most fulfilled lives. And it was, it was kind of, um, uh, it was a hard conversation because there weren't any evident solutions to the health crisis. So I don't know, I don't know how much you know about the health crisis facing black women, but black women are dying younger and at higher rates than any other group of women in America from preventable diseases that stem largely from, um, from lifestyles that are inactive, um, physically inactive. So 
we knew we knew why that was happening. We knew that black women were working harder than any other group in America. We knew that black women were experiencing trauma and stress at levels um, that were unprecedented and historic. And so we knew that we were kind of on this pathway to that similar outcome and because the women in our family had been on that pathway of stress and trauma and obesity and the diseases related to that and ultimately early death. And so we didn't, as friends, didn't want that to be our fate. So we had these, these long and really supportive conversations around how we avoid that. And we tried a bunch of different things to live our most joyful, our most healthy lives. And some of those things included um, trying to um, do things in the outdoors or doing things in the outdoors, going backpacking, starting to exercise more, doing 5Ks and half marathons together, and just really holding each other accountable to like personal goals around health and wellness. And um, as we started to do that, people started to take notice and we were sharing photos of our own personal journeys and people wanted to be involved and they wanted to know what was the common denominator um, that we did all the time. And we said, well, we take time every single day for self-care. And for us, that looked like at least getting outside 30 minutes a day and walking in the sunshine and like getting exercise every single day on purpose and taking time for ourselves every single day. And so we challenged all of our friends to do that with us for, we called it a 10 week challenge. And we challenged all of our friends to walk every day for 30 minutes a day for 10 weeks. And that small challenge was so game changing, was so life altering for so many of our friends and families, family members that we knew that we were onto something. Uh, a year later, 10,000 women were walking with us and today 165,000 women across America walk with us every single day. That's and our goal is to, is to get 1 million women to do it. Morgan talks about this on the website. Uh, you said something happened when you started to walk. You know, the pace of the world slowed down. You became more aware of your body um, and the world around you. Can you talk a little bit more about that? That's an experience that I think people need to hear a lot more about. I've said this recently, and, I, and I'm starting to fully understand it. I actually think the most radical thing that particularly black women, not just in America, but all around the world can do is slow down. I think we have been working harder, faster, more efficient, um, smarter um, than, than almost any group on the planet because we've had so much responsibility given, the history, given, given global history. Um, and so particularly in this country, black women have been laborers. We have been caretakers. We have been um, kind of um, sources of creativity. So you look at people like Aretha Franklin, who just passed away, who, you know, who like fundamentally changed what America sounded like and who died prematurely, right? Or you think about women like Fannie Lou Hamer who fundamentally shifted what grassroots organizing looks like in America and changed presidential politics by registering people to vote. Um, these women laid their bodies on the line. But I think even uh, kind of everyday women do that for our families, for our jobs, for our communities, for our churches. And for me, I was falling into that same pattern where I was a school teacher and then I was quickly promoted and because I was I was really good at being a school teacher, which, you know, listen, I think black women are really good at their jobs. We're the highest achieving subpopulation as of the last couple of years in terms of postgraduate degrees, et cetera. And I you know, 
I was, I was one of those women and I was high achieving. I was working really hard. I kept getting promoted. I also had responsibilities with my family, with my home. And I was just, I was at like a breaking point and I was so stressed out and I was so tired and I was so depressed and I was, I was getting increasingly um, or less and less healthy the older I got. And so I started just going outside and slowing down. I started walking in my neighborhood. I started listening to the birds. I started um, unfurling my fists that were so stressed out and tight. I started breathing intentionally. I started like making my own heart go pitter patter and really enjoying and taking in every moment. And so that's what Girl Trick is about. Not only is walking itself the healthiest thing you can do um, to improve your health, every single doctor, including the Surgeon General, who is a really big fan of Girl Trek, um, agrees that if walking were a miracle drug, that they would prescribe it to everyone because it just decreases risk of disease by half. So if you can just walk 30 minutes a day, it's super effective. I would also um, advocate for walking for spiritual and for um, mental health, that it just is a way to um, kind of acknowledge my God, to spend time in nature, um, to slow down and to reassess what's important for me in life. So that was, was my own personal testimony. But you also mentioned that you began to enjoy it. And joy is a theme that we've been exploring in our weekly series here on Afrobeat Radio, actually, and also as part of our monthly event, Third Wednesday events, we have a workshop on critical joy. So what is the role of joy in Geltrek's overall mission? This is Vanessa. We have, we have done something that has been really, really powerful and not done in the past, which is give Black women permission to seek joy um, unapologetically through a daily practice of walking and through community, meaning that all of the statistics that we talked about around the health crisis facing Black women, they're real, they're urgent. And walking certainly is a solution. It's a solution to improve cardiovascular health and mental health and, you know, decrease your risk for chronic disease. But we are telling Black women, and we strongly believe that your reason can just be for the joy of it. Sometimes we have been conditioned to and told to believe that we need all of these extrinsic reasons to start to take care of ourselves. So we do it because our doctors tell us to, or we do it because our families need us to, or we do it because our communities are in crisis and we have to take to the streets. But especially over the hundred days that we have been walking with Girl Trek, but I think as a threat throughout our movement, we tell women it's okay to just wake up every single day and prioritize your own self-care for no other reason than you know that you are worth it. And it's okay to seek joy and to find joy every single day. And this is really, really um, um, challenging for some women, even when the people around you are not experiencing it. And that's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for Morgan. It, It was a conversation that we had at the beginning of Girl Trek, which is, How are we living these lives where we are seeking vacations and seeking healthy relationships and seeking time for ourselves and the women around us are not experiencing it? And there's a huge tension there. And I know for a fact that black women across the country, across the diaspora, experience that where what about my community? What about the people around you? And in Girl Trek, we tell them we will come back for those people. Don't worry. We promise. But first us but first you, but first your own joy, but first fill up your own well. And so the, we have to have a source of our own joy. You have to 
cultivate it for yourself. You have to seek it every day. You have to have a daily habit of finding it. And you have to do that even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of turmoil, even when your own environment around you does not necessarily support it. And it doesn't always feel good because we don't have like the systems in place and we haven't had a culture in place that has supported that where we can have our own joy and not and do it in a way that we don't feel guilty about it. But Girl Trek says, tells women, you have to do that. And in fact, that is what radical self-care looks like. And for 100 days, seek it every day for at least 30 minutes a day. Do it while on your feet. Do it while the fresh hair is hitting your skin. Um, do it in community with other Black women across the country. At the end of those 100 days, we guarantee you that you will have had a transformative shift. And that shift will then um, allow you to go back and be in a in, in abundance, go back and get your friends, your family, and bring them along on the journey with you. And also, you know, the legacy of walking, is, it's, uh, it's not a new thing, actually. It's just something that we have to rediscover, right? In history, people walked all over the place. Hunter-gatherers walked all over the place. To fetch water, we often see a lot of people walk. Uh, we see pictures of women sometimes men carrying water on their head, going to the river and coming back. How does one balance modernity with walking or with the image of walking, which is often seen in many communities as, you know, walking corresponds to poverty, for example? It corresponds to poverty for lots of people. I mean, it's one of the, one of the barriers when Morgan and I started doing this work is we said, well, most people think if you're walking, you must not have a car. <laughs> and so there's like these perceptions that we are breaking down every day. Um, but one of the ways we're breaking down those perceptions is reminding people that our legacy of walking has also been rich and beneficial to our community. So yes, we walk to the river to fetch water, or we walk to the bus stop or walk to places when we don't have cars, but we have also walked, I mean, literally from Soweto to Detroit, we have walked when we have been in political crisis. We have walked when our communities have been in turmoil. We have come together in common cause around walking to bring really positive changes to our community. So some of it is just reminding people that our legacy of walking has not only been around labor, but it has also been around social justice and change. And we can reclaim that legacy, the legacy of Harriet Tubman, the legacy of the women of the Montgomery bus boycotts. We can reclaim that legacy um, in a positive way, especially because what we are facing right now. And then we can also break down the stigma around this idea that walking equals poverty because it doesn't. And here's one of the things that I think we are starting to realize in our country, especially as our black communities are being gentrified, which is people who have the most resources in the country and the most access, they actually are requiring and desiring walkable communities. So for the wealthiest people in this country, they actually want to move to neighborhoods where they can actually walk. So some of it is just our perception that we actually need to um, break down and we need to redefine for our own communities because we have a cultural inheritance around the walking. We have a right to the walking. It benefits us, and we need to educate each other around those benefits. And you, you do have a handbook, which you call Harriet's Handbook. It's a step-by-step -step guide with 1,000 walks and ideas. Can you talk about that? This is Morgan. Can no. I add to um, the last question a little bit? I was thinking about your question. I, I think it was a really good question. I think part of... Um, 
if you, I love this concept of critical joy. I like the word critical in front of joy. Um, we sometimes say radical. I think critical might even be more precise. So I do think it's critical now. Uh, I think the world is in a, in a state of crisis that requires this sort of joy to like bring light back to the world. And I think black people, particularly black women, are uniquely positioned to shine that light because we um, have been in many dark places and have found our light in those many dark places. And so one of the things I also wanted to say is that like, it's important to note that the more money you get, it does not equate with happiness and joy in the world. I mean, there's tons of research around it that you can be the wealthiest person and still be incredibly unhappy. And I think conversely, you can have nothing and be incredibly joyful. And I think that that wealth, that joy, even in the midst of poverty is something to be learned from, or I think we can learn from that. And so part of what my personal mission is, and I think it has um, also been um, evidenced by um, people's stories in Girl Trek is that walking is this kind of natural sense of like moving forward and hope. And, and the opposite of that, of being catatonic and being oppressed and being laden and being um, weighed down by whatever it is in your life that's weighing you down is what is causing disease, right? And so there's a statistic that set that over 70% of black women engage in little to no uh, physical activity during their leisure time. That means they're not walking, they're not running, they're not playing with their kids, they're not exercising, they're not, you, when they have leisure time, they are literally taking to their beds. Mm. And so for me, walking is so radical. It's this, it's this exercise and meditation and hope. It's this moving forward. It's this no matter what kind of spirit that I'm going to move forward and fetch water, that no matter what is going on in my society, that I'm going to go out and embrace and enjoy the sunshine. And so there's something else about that from a philosophical standpoint of moving forward, of putting feet to your prayers, of letting your walk be your sermon that I think Black women across the globe have always done. It's a kind of resilience and perseverance that it represents for me. Um, so I just wanted I wanted to add that because I think even beyond kind of political justice, I think there's an inheritance that we have of resilience that walking represents of putting one foot in front of the other when all the odds are stacked against you. So um, I just celebrate women who have done that through our history, and I want to continue that legacy. And then and speaking of women who've done that through history, we have developed a handbook called Harriet's Handbook, 1000 Walks to Save Your Own Life and the Lives of the Women You Love. And it's downloadable at girltrek.org. Um, girltrek is G-I-R-L-T-R-E-K.org because we're a nonprofit organization. You can download it for free. It's a thousand ideas when you are stuck in your bed, stuck on your couch, um, feeling hopeless. It's 1,000 fun, engaging, passionate, amazing, social, cool ideas that you can do to get yourself walking. And you can just check one off every single day, and there's a thousand of them in there. We're challenging women out there to go on their own 100-day journey where you walk every single day for 100 days and just pick the 100 walks in there that light you up the most. It might be walking with someone you're in love with. It might be um, walking to the grocery store. It might be walking in a parade. It might be walking to, um, to fetch water, whatever it is um, that kind of lights you up and gives you joy or helps you um, throughout your day. So you can download it. And the reason it's called Harriet's Handbook is because we have studied the life of a woman named Harriet Tubman, who many of the listeners, I'm, guess, I'm guessing, know very well. But for those who don't know, 
Harriet Tubman was a woman who was enslaved. Her grandmother was rumored to be a Shanti, and she was enslaved and brought to the um, eastern shore of Maryland, where she lived, you know, a pretty full life, but she was kind of undergoing the, the harsh realities of slavery during that time. And and did not want to be enslaved anymore. So she walked her way to freedom. She walked 100 miles north and kind of across this political line into freedom and and walked herself to freedom. And then that wasn't enough. She then came back for her family and then she came back for her friends and then she came back for members of her community, rescuing hundreds of people and becoming an American hero. Um, And then she did all sorts of amazing things in her life. And so we look to Harriet Tubman as almost like a, as, as, a, as a powerful model of what we can do in our own lives when we're experiencing um, uh, trouble and when we're experiencing pain and when we're experiencing oppression or anything that might come to destroy us or hold us back is that we, we in the spirit of Harriet Tubman, just put one foot in front of the other and try and walk our, walk our way to a better life. Um, and then when we find that pathway, that daily discipline, that habit of walking every day uh, to save our own lives, uh, to address the health crisis, but other things in our lives as a discipline, then we come back um, and help other people. So that's why it's called Harriet's Handbook. And it's amazing. And I use it all the time um, for ideas when I feel bored with just walking around my neighborhood, then I do something amazing. <laughs> check mm-hmm. it. And so you guys should all check it. Everyone listening should check it out. Yeah, interesting. We've been doing this critical joy workshop uh, led by and co-produced by uh, Dr. Carol Marie Webster. And we've been talking about many of these things in terms of taking responsibility for oneself, you know, um, for one's health, for one's joy, for one's mind, and so on and so forth. I hope that somehow that we can pull the tooth together, girl track and critical joy, and even make something more interesting out of it that will be useful for people. Venice, I wonder if you have anything to add to the Harriet's Handbook. And actually, just to what you were saying, you were saying, how do we combine that with like the critical joy? One of the things that I think we have found and I personally have found in my life is that when we have conversations around self-care or around joy or around how we um, need to be prioritizing ourselves, we don't have the how behind it. So we all know we should be doing it, but sometimes it feels like so hard to grasp onto like, okay, but how do I do that when I'm working two jobs? How do I find joy when I can't pay my bills? How do I actually prioritize myself when my kids need to have food on the table or I need to take care of my elderly mother? So the best thing about Harriet's handbook, and I think the best thing about the work that we do at Girl Trek is it's a practical how to find the joy, how to practice self-care, because I do know personally that like the best self-help books, the best intentions of like all of the people out there who tell us we need to do it, it's just hard on a day-to-day basis. It's just really, I personally struggle every single day to do it. And yet, because I have Girl Trek, it's like, okay, it could take all of the thinking out of it. And, it, and even with Harriet's handbook, it's like, here's some instructions on how to do it. Like literally just follow this step-by-step guide, do these things every day, do it when you don't feel like doing it. And at the end of that doing, will you, you will find the joy. So to all the women who are out there and you're listening and you're inspired by this conversation, but at the end of the conversation, you're like, okay, but how do I actually get there? Know that Morgan and I got there, that the 165,000 and black women who walk with us got there, by the day-to-day habit of the walking. And the walking, if you need inspiration, you can find that in Harriet's handbook. Interesting. I, I, I was just going to mention that uh, more than 165,000 women have pledged Giltrek. 
Yes. So that's very exciting, and that's definitely motivating. It's exciting, but not enough. And we say that we challenge ourselves every day. We are on a mission to mobilize a million Black women. We need critical mass. We need our aunties, our grandmas, our cousins. And Morgan and I are committed to not stopping until we get to that goal. And so we both celebrate the 165,000 women who are walking and we invite the women who are not walking with us, who are not a part of this movement, to join the movement and to most importantly, to be counted amongst the million, which means go to girltrick.org, take the pledge, um, say count me in, forward it to a friend, forward it to your grandmother. Like this is a movement, but the movement requires that other women join us in the work. There are local organizations like, say, in New York City or in New Jersey that are also affiliated to your organization. So it's people can find groups that are already trekking, say, in Brooklyn, for example. Yeah, it's a great question. We're all over the country and increasingly all over the world. And wherever there is one Girl Trek woman walking, uh, there's a Girl Trek chapter. <laughs> so okay. we, every woman is a lifeline to a neighbor. Every woman so is a chapter. So what we do is, yeah. So what we do, what we do is, <laughs> yeah. you take the pledge to walk. Uh-huh. Uh, you start walking. You share your walks on social media using hashtag Girl Trek. Women find each other in their neighborhoods. We also have a national map. If you decide that you would like to host a walk in your neighborhood, everyone's invited to do that. You can, we have all the training online. It's open source. We're really good at movement building, so we know how to train you online. It's so easy. We have short videos. We have handbooks that you can um, download. We have a field guide that tells you everything you need to know in order to host a walk. You can host a walk on our national map so that if your neighbor in your city um, puts their zip code in, they will find your walk, and you can invite your friends and family to walk with you. So there's a lot, of, a lot of opportunities to get involved. We're on Facebook. There are lots of different city pages that you can join for support. They've, they, um, they kind of act as support groups online. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just lots of ways you can get involved. I would say most women uh, take this as kind of a solo journey, sort of like Harriet Tubman, where they download the handbook. They decide that they're going to walk 100 days. They put their sneakers on and keep their sneakers by the door, take their sneakers to work, and every single day make it a personal commitment to get outside and walk. That's mostly how it works. Mm-hmm. But you know how we are. You know how black women are. We like to do the most, so we like to go back and get all of our friends and family when something works for us. And so we have lots of tools for women to do that on our website. Talking about Harriet Tubman brings me back to the political question. Does the current social political moment in any way influence the way you attend to your mission, especially with your focus on um, one million African-American women walking by 2020? I think it makes us more hyper-focused on, on the mission. I think there's lots and lots and lots of opportunities to be distracted by the hate speech, by um, racial violence and tension, by the trauma of seeing policies being shifted after hundreds of years of organizing have put those policies into place. And so I think there's definitely a political sophistication around Girl Trek that we know and understand that a critical mass of black women walking is the most powerful agent of change um, in this country. I think we know that. But more important than that, having women who have the capacity to love and to hope and to dream and to innovate in their communities as change makers is actually more important than politics. Um, It's more sustainable. It's more lasting. And our community 
needs and always relishes what's practical and sustainable. So we have our mothers and our aunts and the leaders of our communities and college students all rallying, walking and talking together, assessing the needs of our communities and solving for those, solving for those needs. It's happening every day in places like Houston, Texas, where they just put a community garden on the rooftop of an elementary school, or Denver, where they just cleaned up an environmental hazard in a black community. These are all Girl Trek communities who are working to solve problems in their communities. And the last thing I'll say is that for the last two years, we've encouraged women to organize walks to the polls for voter turnout. So women have been registering women to walk. We had voter registration on our website for so long. Um, and then women register women at Walmart, at um, uh, going door to door, walking. Uh, and then they walk to the polls in masses. Um, and we call that the Black Girl Justice League. So we are, I mean, we're super, super active in our communities in many, many ways. In many positive ways, yes. Um, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was actually going to add to that everything that Morgan said and one of the lessons that we have around what's happening in our political times now, but a lesson that we can glean from the past is that we can do the work, we can show up for our communities, we can show up for our families, we can certainly and must show up to the polls, but we can do all that without sacrificing our bodies and putting them on the line. And so that is one of the lessons and one of the things that we are working through, which is black women should be the leaders of the movement for sure. And we should be on the front lines for sure. But how do we do that without sacrificing everything? You know, we talk a lot in Girl Trek like about Sandy Lou Hamer, who, you know, almost single handedly registered 60,000 voters, and yet she died prematurely. And we talk about that as the lesson of we want to carry on the legacy of Fannie Lou Hamer, but we certainly also wish she was still here because there is so much to still learn from our elders. They are such an amazing resource. We are such an amazing resource to each other, and we have to learn how do we do this work and do it in a way that we haven't put our entire bodies on the line. We haven't become the entire bridge for every single thing that's going on so that people walk over our backs literally, and then we are left behind. So that is the work that Girl Trek is doing, and I must say it's challenging to do it now in these times, Morgan and I, like we get riled up. We're, you know, there's a lot. And yet we still want to find that joy every single day that we've been talking about during this interview. How can a young person, a senior, uh, take that first step, given that there is much to think about in terms of security, for instance? It is something that we think about. It's actually something that Girl Trek has become a solution for. So one of the things that we have started to witness and experience across the country is that when women start to walk in their neighborhoods wearing our beautiful bright blue superhero blue Girl Trek shirts and they're walking with a friend, et cetera, we are actually making our neighborhoods and communities safer. Um, so that's one thing is that when we start to walk in groups, our neighborhoods have started to become safer and the people in the neighborhood really show reverence to the women when they are actually walking. Um, the second thing is, especially if you're using Harriet's handbook, it's one of the best things about it. Just like Morgan was saying, I think when you're thinking of the first step, you're like, okay, I'm going to just go to a park and start walking. Like that's kind of like where we go when we think about like the first step. But one of the things we are trying to teach black women, especially, and this helps their walk to become safer is that we want your walking to become a part of your everyday habit. So actually walk to the grocery store, walk to the post office, walk your children to school. When we start to actually think of the ways that we incorporate 
walking into our daily routine, those actual walks are usually inherently much safer than I'm going to go to a remote random park or a trail or something like that, or in a neighborhood, you know, and just walk. And so some of it is just following the guide. And, and, and some of it is just like you said, finding a cousin, a friend, et cetera, to walk with you or connecting with the Girl Trek community. Without going into, you know, the numbers, the data, um, what are the kinds of ailments that one can benefit from walking? So black women are largely affected by diseases that are related to inactivity and obesity. And obesity-related diseases um, that stem largely from, from diet and inactivity are stroke, diabetes, uh, heart disease, uh, even things like um, sleep apnea, which people are, you know, so many people are going to sleep and not waking up in the morning because they, they can't breathe at night. Um, and then there are the kind of mental health diseases like Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, depression, chronic depression. Um, all these things really, really stem from living inactive lives and from diet. And so when we look to solve for one issue, we were like, if we can solve for the issue of inactivity, it can be a trigger for healthy decision making all the way down the road in your life. And so if you could just get this one thing, there's tons and tons of research around if you can kind of master one thing in your life and start to have lots and lots of effects from that. So if you walk 30 minutes a day, your risk of diabetes, for example, decreases by 50% or your risk of heart of a heart attack decreases by over 50%. Those kinds of advances in your health are really, really powerful. And then you want to start to eat better. Um, you want to start to avo avoid stress and all these other really beautiful returns on your health. So that's essentially kind of our change theory when it comes to, to changing population level health. You've won many acknowledgments and some awards, in particular the prestigious Echo Green Fellowship Award. In what ways has this impacted on your work and how you do it? We're really grateful and lucky to have a ton of amazing communities that have rallied behind this work, lots of allies, lots of partners, Echoing Green being one of the first. Um, for us, it means, um, for Morgan and I, I think especially it means that we can learn from other social entrepreneurs across the globe who are also trying to solve really challenging problems. And we can learn from their models. We can learn from the way in which they are leading. Um, and that has been really, really critical to us. So we're really grateful. And in fact, I don't think we could do this work unless we had those communities. So the awards themselves and the accolades, the public attention, certainly it's nice, but more importantly, it's actually behind the scenes, behind those awards. It's the support and the resources that come with it um, that have been really critical to us. And then, I will say, because when you said it, I was almost like laughing in my head. I was like, but the most important, I happen to be sitting in the Girl Trek office right now. And so I'm surrounded by like three different actual physical awards that we have gotten from like women in the Girl Trek community, particularly some women in Houston gave us an award, um, Morgan and I um, in the Girl Trek office to say thank you for supporting them after Hurricane Harvey. And so when you said, asked the question, I was thinking the most important accolades and awards that we actually get is when somebody's grandmother calls the office and says, thank you. You know, I got my t-shirt, I started walking or a woman says, calls us or emails and says, my whole family is walking because of Girl Trek or you've changed my life. Like genuinely, the, um, the thanks that we get and the day-to-day -day direct feedback that we get from the women in the communities is like as valuable as the really um, high-profile awards that we get. What has Joy got to do with it? Vanessa, you want to go first? 
It has everything to do with it. I mean, do not fall for the okie doke black women. Do not fall for this kind of um, this idea that has been passed down, by the way, from generation to generation to generation that we must work, we must sacrifice, we must prioritize everyone else before we care for ourselves. Like joy must, must, must be the center, the foundation, the epicenter of our entire lives. And when we find that joy, we find the energy to do the hard political work. We find the energy to take care of our families. We find, you know, the energy to show up in other ways. But it starts by having an overflow, an overflow, an overflow of joy. Morgan, what has joy got to do with it? Listen, <laughs> it's rough out here in these streets. <laughs> it's rough out here in these streets. And if you don't find a light that is so radiant and unshakable in your own heart, and if you can't shepherd that every single day and find the discipline to do that every day, all is lost. And I don't know anybody who practices and knows how to access joy better than black women. And I want us to stand on that legacy and shine that light to the world because the world needs it more now than ever before. So that's what joy has to do with it. Thank you very much to both of you. I've enjoyed having you. We've enjoyed being on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really great. Great. That's wonderful. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You too. Take care. Walked her trouble down